0: This podcast is for conversation and educational purposes only. I am not a mental health clinician that's allowed to give you medical advice to go do some dumb shit. Yes, I said dumb shit. I do curse to express my individuality. So if that offends you, then please don't fucking listen. Now y'all, Enjoy the show. I'm tired of that bullshit. tired of that bullshit. people in relationships. People in relationships. be dealing with the narcissist. They'll dealing with the narcissist. Down in every argument. Down in every you argument. Fighting Are you fighting your depression. I'm fighting your depression. trying to figure out the lesson. Damn. What's the lesson? You're looking for a soul. yet you, at? you at? But the Titan scene ain't looking great. Mm-mm. Well, I'm two keys and I'm in time. What's up? Gonna help you lay them burdens down. Help you lay them down. So please enjoy this episode of the Sexy Nurse (laughs) Chronicles. The Sexy Nurse Chronicles podcast, a mental health podcast on love, relationships, and mental health. I am your host with the motherfucking most, Nurse Two Keys. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How you doing? Oh my God, y'all. I missed y'all so damn much. Y'all don't understand. A bitch has been through the wire, okay? So, prior to this episode I may have uh, recorded an episode right before Thanksgiving and when I tell y'all oh bitch has been through the wire like um I had clinicals on my first semester of nurse practitioner school right clinicals clinical paperwork classes online exams and I'm gonna tell y'all something I walked that motherfucking dog I walked that damn exam like a fucking dog I made an and health assessment and health assessment practicum. Stop playing with me. Can I get a can I get a little hand clap? Can I get a round of applause for the set from the set? All right, y'all. Well, yes, also since then y'all, I um been going back to work back to back to back trying to figure out how to elevate this this podcast because now that I've built a foundation now I got to get it out to y'all so y'all can hear this um hopefully by the time you hear this I'll be at like a thousand views or something but right now honey we're gonna do one episode at a time one person at a time and we're gonna take our damn time because we ain't in no rush healing is never a rush job do you hear me Okay, so since then, uh, school, A's, working, um, I got to take my kids to New York City. This is what we call New York. New York City. Um, And everything went well until, you know, the ex-hubby narcissist uh, got in his feelings and um, tried to sabotage the trip before we could even get there. Uh, My daughter, love her to death. Love her to death. But, well, you know, we have responsibilities in this house. And I guess since the separation divorce, uh, she's she's had to take on a little more. But she's also 11 as well. So it's like if I'm going to be paying for chores, you're going to have to do something for them. And you're going to have to follow through, you know. So, um, you know, just trying to teach her responsibility but really help me out around the house. Well, she was lacking. You know what I'm saying? And I, I am a corporal punishment uh. Parent, I believe in corporate punishment. I believe when you lie, you get your ass whooped. Don't play with me. I believe when you I have to say a million, a million times to something a million times, and okay, now we're going to throw some hands. Um, yes, I do. And I'm a mental health professional. Yes, I do. But um, not to the point where like we were abused as kids where we had to go pick our own switches and had to go braid them up. So it's like you're going out there to pick your misery. No, we, we're, not, we're not doing none of that. We're not doing any of that. But um, i just been frustrated. A lot on my shoulders, paying the bills, trying to keep this thing afloat. And um, I tell you, I told him to take her cell phone back. I didn't even want her to have the cell phone. He got it without my permission. But, you know, it's been kind of helpful, you know, keeping in contact with her while um, she's in school or she wants to go somewhere early. or It's been cool, but um, I asked him to please take the phone back because she's not on her responsibilities she's 11 well he goes behind my back and sends the cell phone back with her on her way back because like i told y'all we alternate weekends so she lied about it then i caught her with it answered the phone while he was calling and because of that uh we got upset, y'all, and then up calling Child Protective Services and brought CPS to my motherfucking house and then had the audacity to lie about it. Um, these ladies are talking to me about our visitations and holidays. Believe me, the school is not caring about our visitation and holiday. They told me flat out it was him. So, y'all, that's a narcissist for you. They'll, they'll, they'll go behind your back and do the most low-down things and then turn around and say they didn't do it. Come on now. Be a man about your shit. Be, be a, a man. man. Anyways, so dealing with that, uh, finances kind of fell low. Job was kind of, you know, it was, it was working my nerves. But I'm going to tell you something about the God that I serve. Do you hear me? Do y'all want to... That trip, it was destined to just not be a trip. But I said, I don't care. Lord, I've been planning this trip. I want to take my kids on a family trip. They've never been on a family trip before. Um, They've never been on an airplane. I want my kids to experience this. And they were (sighs) excited, and I did not want to let my kids down. And then ex hubby tried to tell me, oh, if you're going to not talk to me about getting them vaccinated, then you're not going. Who the fuck are you talking to? Bruh, move back. First of all, my kids are getting vaccinated. I mean, everybody to each his own. But as far as me in my house and me being a nurse, I'd rather them experience a little pinch than turn around and kill somebody. Not even knowing, passively giving that shit out. Because you know the kids, honey, they some nasty-ass kids, man. They spread shit like spreading ain't never spread before, honey. They they spread shit better than I can't believe it's butter. It ain't butter. So, yeah, I got my kids vaccinated, which was also a plus. Because on the trip, you can't really eat in too many places in New York City without the Nation card. And we had all of ours, so it was cool. I felt a little VIP-ish. But back to the story at hand. Um... I don't know if y'all ever experienced child protective services coming in your house to do a a welfare visit. But uh, it ain't a good feeling, you know. And I I know that it ain't nothing but the devil, you know, just being spiteful. Because there's nothing that I said or did wrong. I just called him on his shit. He got pissed off and he's like, okay, I got you, bitch. Boom. I got you, bitch. Boom. No, bitch. I got you. Okay. Um, Because at the end of the day, the case was closed. And they gave me it was two um women they gave me some really good advice um they basically said with the narcissist, you never let them see you sweat so uh if you're listening, I ain't sweating baby I'm unbothered I'm above it. How you um but you know, just going through those things um just it's just dealing with somebody that's so low down, you know, comment um, if you've ever been in a situation like that and how you handled it. Um, I think I handled it well because I let them right on in. I showed them around the house. Even though it was a little messed up, they could see that my kids is eating. They got well, nice homes. They ain't no bruises on my kids. You know, she's just fine. She's just going through those stages, 11 years old. You know, that's when they start. And um, she did give me some advice. She said that y'all need to start spending more time with my oldest baby. And you know what? She's right. And I'm open for correction. I'm open for it. And so uh, we got really close on the trip. It was really good. Um, She knows now. What goes on in my house stays in my house because he was coercing her through the cell phone, y'all. I I, I got a hold to the cell phone. I was like, I thought that you said that your daddy had it. So I went through the cell phone. Oh, oh, she's like, I hate it here, daddy. I hate hate it it here. here. She's acting crazy. She said she's about to throw some hands. Oh, baby, are you okay? Oh, take pictures of the bruises. I'm going to get y'all out of here. I'm going to get y'all out of here. And then boom. Here comes CPS case closed. So, this goes to say that what is for you is for you. My kids are for me, they are for me. You know, I ain't just over here whooping ass and then taking names. Believe me, I've, I've exhausted what I'm trying to say a million times. So, now I got to, to raise up, I got to get a little crazy, it's a range. You feel me? But um, at the end of the day, they told me, There's like, you're a great mother. I see you trying because wow, I have really been trying. Oh, my God. Just trying to balance it all. It's been so tough. Sometimes I just cry and I don't even know what the fuck I'm crying about. You know, and I'm just like, damn, can I get somebody around the house to do something? You know, it's just it built up. But that trip was so necessary. Um, And I think they are my podcast subscribers. So shout out to you, ladies. Thank you for your advice. Thank you for your support. Thank you for turning a bad situation into good, because what the devil meant for bad God meant for good. So y'all, um, before I actually get into the podcast episode, yes, I had to catch y'all up. I had to catch y'all up. Um, I want to give a major shout out to my listeners, y'all. You know, I, when I started this podcast, I didn't know where it would go. You know, I just know that I wanted to be here to help somebody. And so, like, I want to give a shout out, of course, to the U.S. because the U.S. does it love us. But I want to give a shout out to, let's see, where are they? To Norway, Italy, Greece, France, Mexico, India, Canada, Germany, Australia, y'all, I'm still going, I'm still going, UK, y'all, and bang motherfucking LaDash, Bangladesh, I don't know where the hell that is, but you know what, if I make this podcast really fucking huge, I'm gonna do a a Sexy Nurse Chronicles podcast tour, we going around the world, y'all, we already got my passport, baby, I'm wrestling. I want to thank y'all so much, though. Like, I'm so humbly um, grateful. Thank you for my coworkers, um, my friends, um, strangers I don't even know. Thank you for the people that have gotten out of relationships that I've gotten out of. um, And sharing your story with me. So y'all, if you want to also share your story, please go to the sexy nurse chronicles, um, com website and send me your audio files. So, or emails. You can see emails too. So, um, just want to get into it. Y'all, this episode is a continuation from the last episode. So, The last episode, basically, we talked about the different types of narcissistic abuse. Are you a victim of narcissistic abuse? Do you know what that is? After listening to all my damn episodes, you better. I'm going to whoop your ass. (laughs) Quote for for punishment. I'm just playing. Um, I'm asking because narcissists, they can be so damn smooth on how they abuse their victims to the point where they make you think like you going crazy. You remember the gaslighting? The bitch that the lights kept on dimming, and she like, is the lights are they dimming? He like, no, baby. And to the point where the damn lady at the end of the story, she ended up going crazy, gaslighting. Definitely a type of abuse. We're not talking about gaslighting now, right now. Um, we are going to talk about what is not so evident. Physical abuse, it it is evident, but there's so many other types, so it can get a little tricky. Um, In the previous episode, number six, we discussed the first four types of abuse, which were manipulation, verbal abuse, withholding, and slander. So in this episode, we're going to talk about neglect, isolation, actual physical abuse, and emotional blackmail, because these are also mm -hmm, types of abuse. Uh, But we're going to look from a childhood point of view to you know, an adult. Y'all if y'all want a transcription of this episode, y'all I got blogs on my website by the way. So, yeah, it's kind of dope. Um so, let's get into it. The fifth type of abuse we're going to talk about is emotional abuse. It's when the mother ignores the needs of a child physically, emotionally, or mentally. We're going back to Mia Warren's book. Um <clears throat> So examples of this would be uh, like a mom not feeding her child regular meals because she feels she's too busy or it's not worth her time, but she won't hesitate to make her something to eat or order some shit and eat in the kid's face. Just low down. If you're going to eat, girl, go eat in the car. <laughs> go eat in the car. <laughs> they won't know. I'm sure y'all don't have to do that. Because <laughs> you can't have shit. Man, you can't have shit with kids. You coming out, mama, let me get a little piece. You're like, y'all just ate. Y'all see, I ate all day. You know they don't give a damn right here. Like, yeah. Shit. <laughs> Anyways, or putting her child in a dangerous situation by leaving her home alone. Now, both of these I had to think about um, because I, I've never had three meals a day growing up. So I don't really eat three meals a day as an adult. Because it's like you get up, you eat, you get hungry again. Usually, by nighttime, by then, you eat snacks in between. And so, that's kind of like what me and my kids do, especially if I work overnight. Um, when I come home, thankfully, my kids, she knows how to, my oldest baby, she's so responsible. Oh, I'm so proud of her. She uh, she know how to make noodles, honey. We know how to use the stove. We know how to watch it. We, you know, I still watch her. She ain't frying nothing, but she know how to put a pizza in the oven and watch it. She know how to put the timer on, and she know how to get me come get me if something go wrong. But yeah, she's she's awesome. But like, I'm I'm not talking about that type of uh, child misdemeanors just because you feel like oh, you know what, y'all find something in the refrigerator like it used to be with me. No one ain't shit in that damn refrigerator. Mhm. Um and then like I had to raise my little sister at a very early age. Um and it made me grow up fast. You know back in the day it was a, it was more acceptable now than it is, I guess. You remember you, you used to get stay out and walk all night and come back in when the streetlights come on now. You can't even let your kids uh, come outside because somebody might try to snatch them in a white van. Stranger danger, motherfucker. Stranger motherfucking danger. Uh, You know, times have changed, but um, the, the concept remains the same. It's like having to be neglected, it just makes you more independent because it's like you don't have anybody to depend on but yourself. Because you are yourself, because it's just you. Nobody's help in certain areas, I guess I would say. But like being neglected makes you not trust people too. Gives you, you You have trust issues. You know what? I done been abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. That shit. That that stems from childhood. Yeah. So now you' wondering why you can't have like a real successful relationship because you keep on crowding her. Man, y'all don't know how many insecure men just done tried to crowd my space, baby. No, no, no. Give me some space. Back on up and give me room. Back on up and give me room. <laughs> Period. Oh, um, sorry, y'all yeah, I'm going on a tangent. Um, but yeah, let's move along. So I found an article on psychology today. And I found this one particular quote that just stuck with me, and it's a paragraph. It says, an infection may go unnoticed until it is severe. An unsupervised child may be injured, in trouble with the police, or violated by an older child or an adult. This sounds like all the kids I grew up with, including myself. So, And then a habitually hungry child may look for steady meals at a neighbor's or friend's house. Y'all don't know my, how many times I done, honey. I, that's why I was at everybody's house. Hey, grandmama, kid, grandmama kids became my real, my real cousins. She, that's grandmama. Lord, rest her soul. Show Liz. She looked over us while my mom was gone, you know, doing whatever she was doing. So, like, that's my family. And so the, the responsibility, the burden that it puts on the child may make them want to drop out of school, Then said you get the child ignored, might turn into drugs or self-harm or from the loneliness and the depression. Yeah. And this is what I deal with uh, at my job On on a regular basis. You know, people are ready to go. People are stressed. People are tired of being fucked with. I get it, baby. I get it. But you ain't gone yet. So, guys, he's got something for you. He's got something for you, baby. I promise, everybody's got a gift. And I always tell my patients, uh, everybody's got a gift. You been in the situation you're in, when you turn around on the other side, you can help somebody else. Sure can. You can help somebody else. And they'll be in the same position me and you are in. It's just the roles will be reversed. I done seen God take my uncle, who's a crackhead, and turn him into a reverend. Just got married. A shout out to Uncle Jimmy. Love you. Congratulations, by the way. But yeah, I mean, I've seen God do things for people. (laughs) It's like He takes broken pieces, broken people, and turns them into the most beautiful masterpieces, y'all. That's that's me. I said I wasn't going to get emotional. (laughs) But you know what? This is a part of healing. You got to talk about it. You know, it's okay. I'm not ashamed. I put myself on the cross. I know I'm not perfect. But thank God. Thank God for the people he put in my life to help um, raise me as as a young person to the woman I am now. And so I didn't get it from a lot of, like, family and my family. I got it from my friends' moms. I got it from the neighborhood moms. I got it from my uncles, you know, my cousins. I love y'all. Thank y'all. I appreciate (laughs) y'all. Okay. Pull it together, Kiki. Pull it together. Into ways. So y'all, the sixth type of abuse is isolation. And that falls under emotional and psychological abuse. That is like locking you in your room for days to weeks without any contact with any friends or family. May even keep you from going to school or access to services like counseling or social support. They got to keep the abuse a secret. mm they ain't finna have them to say, I ain't gonna have no white folks in my business, honey. Mm-mm. no, it's not about white folks in your business. White folks are friends. Shout out to my white folks. Um, like, counseling... It's nothing wrong with that. I, I heard a friend, heard she said that her mom said, oh, we ain't going to put them people people in our business. We just going to pray. Yeah, but uh, counseling, you know, people have gifts. Counseling is a gift. And the fact that you can have, you can pray to Jesus all day, but you can't have no conversation back and forth. Like, sometimes we need to hear some things. Because we about to check out, check the fuck out. I get it, y'all. That's why we're here. That's why we're laying these fucking burdens down. Okay, all right, y'all, stay with me. Stay with me. Whew, I know it's getting a little heavy. I'm about to start this segment a little early. <laughs> okay, so with isolation, also in intimate relationships, uh, the abuser will keep you from seeing your family and hanging out with friends. You see how you slowly you stop doing the things you used to do. I was staying in the house, because you, you always walking on eggshells. I had to tell my ex-husband, honey, a week, a week from before, look, I'm going out. Me and Tanya are going out next week. Just let you know. Yeah. You know, I don't like it when you spring shit on me, even. I'm thinking we chilling, and then you oh, I got to go. So, what, really? Why you didn't tell me? Shit. Anyways. <laughs> um, and also, as far as counseling, narcissists, they don't like to be corrected. Okay, so, yeah, counseling was cool at first. <laughs> Y'all know everything. So I feel like the church, they let us down, let me down anyways. But, hell, he didn't want to do it in no ways because he didn't want to be corrected. Narcissists do not like to be corrected. So even when I was like, okay, I'll, I'm leaving, but in order for me to come back, you got to do some counseling. He'll do, like, two funky-ass days, probably ain't even no damn counseling. Come back a month later, back with the bullshit. Mm, it's a cycle, y'all. So the seventh sign of abuse is the most common one. That's the physical. That's the physical abuse. That's what, that's what you see in the physical. Um, I found an article on Psych Central that talks about the five types of abuse that narcissists use on their spouse, but I think it kind of leads up to I don't know. Y'all let me know. But I found that all, it still goes back to what we already been talking about. So number one is intimidation. This is where they bully you, standing over you like a prey, looking down on you, all up in your face and refusing to back down, all up in your energy, all up in your space with that funky-ass bruh. Boy, get back with that funky-ass bruh. (laughs) But seriously, wow, this may scare others. Like, really? It pissed me off. And it, it makes me want to use physical force to push you, to get you out the way. Now you're using aggression back up on me. Now I'm about ready to swing this motherfucking vacuum cleaner at you. And he, he like it's Sammy Sosa in this bitch. My Mustang clean this hoe. I'm going to air this bitch out. No, but for real though. Um, that was another story. Other guy. But, uh, <laughs> but for real, it'll make you uncomfortable because you're in my personal space. Okay? And so, second, there's the isolation. You know, we just talked about that. So, the narcissist essentially limits their spouse's ability to escape, especially in dangerous situations. For instance, they might drive recklessly with no escape out the car. You know, go like 150. I'm going to kill your side of the car. Bitch, kill your side of the car. Okay? Not mine. Stop playing. Turn the shit down. We already got no gas. Hell. Messing around and and running out of gas, trying to be funny. Now we got to sit here, wait on AAA. I'm looking at your dumb ass, like, what the fuck did you do that? You know we ain't had no gas. Why you trying to be ugly? God don't like ugly. Anyways. <laughs> um, so, side note. Got to talk about the baby. Well, hold on. Let me just rewind. So, we already talked about, oh, yeah, they might expose you, um... To severe weather or environmental conditions, like bitch, I'll kick you out in the snow. No the hell you won't, ho. Kick me out in the snow, bitch. You gonna be making we're gonna be making some motherfucking uh, angels. Some damn snow angels in this bitch. <laughs> but no, I wanna talk about the baby situation. Um, where he tried to put Danley out at three to three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you know, I had to sit on it because I watched people on Facebook. Some people were like, "Ooh, she's dumb," and "Oh, how could she?" And you know, it's just like then I looked at her situation, and it's like I already knew her as an artist. I already knew that they didn't make a good fucking couple. I said it from the get go. I promise I did. I was like, Dan Lee, really? The baby? Ain't that his name? The baby, little baby. Y'all know who the hell I'm talking about. Uh. Not the baby. Yeah. But anyways, uh, why would you? There's nothing in the world that important to kick your the, the mother of your child out of the house at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning with your child or without your child. Like, there's nothing that fucking serious. And then you turn around and blast her and, like, show her vulnerability, show her at her lowest you know, and she's like, I, I've been keeping quiet. I've been mean, she been dealing with this asshole man. Uh, so yes, you can suck a dick. If you ever hear this, you can suck a dick. I'm on Dan Lee's side, bitch. I got you. Don't nobody you know. And then, well, the kid got four outfits. I don't give a fuck if the kid didn't have no outfits or had a thousand outfits. At the end of the day. Your child, duh, baby, should not be walking around with no motherfucking funky-ass, four-ass outfits. So you cheap, too? The fuck? You saw Boosie when, when Boosie uh, gave his daughter her uh, birthday gift, honey. First, he pulled out shoes out the suitcase. Honey, then just money, racks and racks of money. Just, she said, keep. But, man, I tell you, I was so proud. That's the type of shit that daddies is supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? So that that the shit's played out, by the way. So I'm gonna get off my little my little horsey, you know, and and, and walk with back on the trail. But I, I felt like that was fucked up. And um, y'all let me know, you know, y'all let me know. I'm just saying there's a way to handle things, especially the mother of your child, and, and then you act like y'all ain't together. Bitch, she just pushed out a whole fucking baby. Okay, <laughs> duh, baby. Let's move along. <laughs> And so, number two, they might uh, try to strand their spouses or um, have their spouse stranded in locations. Like, um, there's a time or two where me and Jason got the fighting in the fucking uh, car with the kids in the car. And he gonna try to, he got me a fucking headlock while you he trying to drive. It's, nah, I think about it, It's kind of funny. It's not funny, but it's kind of funny. Um, cause our, our oldest daughter was younger than, and when I tell you she talked about that, at the weirdest inappropriate times. Mama, you remember when you and daddy got to fighting in the car? I'm like, oh Lord. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah, daddy said he was sorry. Mm-hmm. She still held on to it. Still held on to it because she know what's up. Kids know. Especially when you do shit like that in front of them. But you're trying to leave me stranded. Man, talking about get out. Man, motherfucker, I'm not getting... You know, some people like to jump up out of cars and shit. Some people like to jump up out of cars when they get mad. Me? nah, uh Your ass gonna drop me back off. Where the fuck you found me? Yeah! I'm not gonna get stranded for what? Who's that damn man? Now you gotta walk... Now you don't know where the fuck you're going. Oh, shit. Gotta... Man, Okay. So, yes, they do stuff like that. Um, and when others are injured, they might prevent them from, well, when the victim is injured, they might prevent them from seeking medical care by minimizing the name calling. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, so you don't go tell about that black eye. Man, man, that's some shit, man, man. It's your fault. You did this. You shouldn't have did this. You shouldn't. Like, yeah, like, I don't give a fuck what you can say what you want to say, but nobody has the right to put their hands on you, and if they do that, it's assault. Period. There's nothing that somebody should say or do to control you or you can't control your hands, especially with the woman. I I, I can't get down with that. I can't get funky with that. Sorry. But, yeah. That's another story for another day. I'm not going to hold y'all too much longer. So then another type of um, abuse, we'll say physical contact, restraint. Restraint, physical contact that begins in the form of holding a person back. That shit right there. So now you holding me back. Now I'm pushing you back. Now we fighting up in this motherfucker. Because believe me, I'm not one to, oh, no, you hit me. Nah, we going to fight we going to look and we're going to motherfucking book. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> you want to fight me like a male? Well, I'm going to fight like the little man that I get a little testosterone I got in me, baby. It's going to come out that day. <clears throat> but no, we're not doing that anymore. We're healing. And we're going to get to that, too. But yeah, they'll um, confine their spouses um, by blocking doorways, grabbing them while they're trying to leave, locking doors with no keys, or even tying a person up. Tie you up, bitch. Now I ain't talking about the freaky tie up. I was talking about bitch tie you up, hold you hostage, bitch. Yeah. Now this don't don't take role playing too too far. Now you take role playing too far, and then that's a the problem. So don't let them take it too far. Don't let them start out as that. Then all of a sudden now they like, yeah, bitch, you gonna sit there today. You know, like, what? Let me go. No, we ain't doing it. We ain't doing it. Uh, So this causes a feeling of entrapment or imprisonment without any escape. And you know what you're going to do in a situation like that? You're going to fight or you're going to flight. Period. (laughs) So we are going to move on to aggression. So this is what we're talking about, going back and forth. So it is important to remember that physical force, which results in pain, discomfort, or injury, is unacceptable in any marriage or any relationship. That goes for beating. Shoving, biting, slapping, striking with the object, shaking, pinching, choking, hair pulling, dragging, burning, cutting, stabbing, strangling, and force feeding, including overdose or misuse of drugs. Because the narcissist will turn around and blame their spouse for their violent behavior. They're not going to stop using force until once they get it started. Baby, once they start... It ain't, no, it, ain't no, it ain't no coming back. They're going to continue. And they're going to find more reasons to use and justify brutality. And then the last one, uh, uh, physical abuse is endangerment. This is the most dangerous stage of life in, in jeopardy. This is when your life is in jeopardy. This intimidation and isolation becomes so ordinary that the spouse is numb to the effects. Restraints become a waiting game that the spouse has mastered. Aggression is expected and no longer shocks them. So the narcissist then realizes they're no longer commanding the same type of fear. So they escalate the attacks. Verbal attacks of killing their spouse, family members, or themselves are mixed with physical violence and the use of weapons. Baby, if you're going through that, let it go. Your kids, your life, your future is way more important than a man. Fuck a man. Go. I had a really, really good friend of mine at um, community college. Her husband shot her in the car with her two kids in the backseat. Left the car rolling. Went and hid under a fucking uh, porch or some shit. Now, now the nigga in, in the pri- in prison trying to claim insanity. And his family, guess what congregation they were? They're church people. That goes to show you that all church people are good church people. Now, I'm not saying his family ain't good, but they knew that shit was going on. They knew that my friend was being abused way before she actually lost her life. And she was the most beautiful soul you'll ever meet. Ooh, y'all. So, side note, not all narcissists resort to physical abuse. Some never escalate beyond intimidation. And not all physical abusers are narcissists. Some have other mental illnesses. But a narcissistic physical abuser is someone not to take lightly. No matter what they say, you cannot make them better this is a decision that they need to make themselves and it's best done away from anyone that they've harmed in the past you got to go now examples of emotional blackmail are threats intimidation and warnings that are meant to create fear when they don't even have power Mm. I found this really good article on HackSpirit.com. And it, believe me, I got all these little links in the little description box. So y'all make sure y'all do your, you know, read, read it over. Get it in your brain. So stage one of emotional blackmail is a demand. The blackmailer tells the victim what they want from them. And they add an emotional threat. If you leave me, girl, I hurt myself. If you leave me, I'll kill you, bitch. Yeah. They're going to make a demand, right? Or if you expose me for this, I'll go tell on so-and-so to, to them about you, about this. You know, it's always a tit for a tip. But anyways, um, and then there's stage two, resistance. The victim initially resists the demand, unsurprisingly, because the demand is so often unreasonable. So you mean you want me to do this, but you going about it this way. And it's like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Why are we arguing about something so fucking stupid right now? You sound stupid. What you're saying is unreasonable, but you're so mad that you don't even give a fuck. Prime example. He'll say something about a fact that he says the fact. <clears throat> I'm like, well, show me. <clears throat> show me, because that don't sound right. So look that up. He was like, "No, you ain't. I ain't got to. I ain't got to look nothing up. You, you should. You, you gotta believe me. Come on, who the fuck you think that I am? If you gonna tell me something, before I tell you some shit, I'ma be done I already looked it up just to cover my base. Okay, I'm not gonna talk out of my ass about it, nothing I don't know about. I'm a Virgo baby, unless I don't analyze it and then overanalyzed it. Okay, but anyways, so it's just like, why we arguing? Just, it's just stupid. So then you're like, man, you tripping. And so then there's the pressure. The blackmailer pressures the victim to give in without caring how they make them feel. They will often deliberately try and make the victim feel scared and confused so that they'll begin to wonder whether the initial resistance was reasonable. Like, damn, he acting like this. He want to go this far and take this away. And he acting like this, like, was I got you questioning yourself? knowing that it was unreasonable in the first place you knew that this is the tricky shit man that tricky shit so then there's the threat the blackmail itself if you if you don't do as i say then you can get your pay your own damn card note pay your own damn credit card it's so crazy because at first oh yeah i got you yeah, you go to school, you do your thing. You do the moment something gets tight. It's your fucking fault. It's your damn fault we in this bind. No, you said that you had me. You kept all this shit a secret. Like now all this shit done popped up. All these bills. What? I thought you had me. No, baby. Ain't nobody got you but Jesus Christ. Never put all your faith in a man. Because that's when they have the most control oh baby but when you take that control back baby get take your power back fuck him anyways moving along so (laughs) sorry y'all i'm still gonna i'm taking my time with this this episode i'm sorry y'all can come back to it take a break you know we got the segment coming up after i finish this little emotional blackmail but yeah it's gonna be good uh but yeah they they blackmail you that i say if you don't do this then i'll do this okay so then you comply you give in to the threat. You're like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to not say nothing. And we just going to let this shit blow over. Fuck blow over. Ain't shit blowing over in here. We going to keep this stuff sitting from now on. Y'all, I've learned my lesson. We going to keep this shit steady and straight. S and S. Steady, straight, straight, steady. Copacetic. No drama. None of this toxic stuff. No, Y'all, this is not normal. I know it feels like it. But no, it's not. So now the pattern is set, and that's how emotional bliss the cycle of emotional black uh of blackmail works and It's sad to say some people use our fears to make us comply with their demands. so to hold somebody hostage emotionally, manipulators may use different kinds of fears, such as fear of the unknown, fear of abandonment, fear of upsetting someone. Fear of confrontation, fear of tricky situations, fear of your own physical safety. Like, seriously. You know, it's just like, it's it's sad to say because it's like, like I said, some people use our fears to make us comply with their demands. We're scared of what's going to happen. That's when you step out on faith. Okay, number two, that's fear of abandonment. But God, he never left you, nor he forsake you fear of setting somebody else you know what it's all about you now fear of confrontation confrontation stand up for what you believe in fear of tricky situations let god work it out fear of your own physical safety baby i pray you're covered by the blood and if you need help uh reach out to your closest friend Reach out to a family member, somebody that you can trust. Um, Baby, you got to go. You got to go. You got to get out of this. And so there are um, different type of black male roles. So we're going to go over the roles too. Yeah, I'm done. No, I'm almost done. (laughs) Um, The roles. So the Punisher role, they use the fear of strategy when they threaten to punish you if you're, if their demands are not met. So they tell you what the consequences are, and you will not do a particular thing. The punishment includes, but not limited to, withholding affection, ending the relationship, restrict you from seeing your friends, financial penalties, and physical punishment. Oh, that's Jason all motherfucking day. CPS, but that's cool. He said the weapons may form, but they won't prosper. Okay, okay, y'all, but honey, we have got some church music up in here. And then there's the self punished row the one, oh, if you leave me, I'm gonna kill myself. <sighs> mm-hmm. Number three, that's the sufferer row. Well, I'm hurting here, and if you leave me, I might not be physically well or mentally well or emotionally well. Well, well, you better call on Jesus, because we out this bitch. All right. Then number four is the tantalizer role. Uh, tantalizers are people that promise a reward, which will never, ever be materialized. So basically, they'll promise you something you ain't never really going to get, and it's going to lead to you, leading you on and asking you until they want you to do something return something in return for something else. You know? Mm-hmm. Broke-ass niggas. I know. I know women. I'm sorry, baby. But now you know. It's all that's abuse. It's a week, y'all. We pointed out this emotional blackmail. So tell me, y'all, if y'all have ever heard any of these statements. If I ever see you look at another man, I'm going to kill him. Or if you ever stop loving me, I will kill myself. Or, bitch, I'll kill you. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Or, I've already discussed this with your pastor, your therapist, your friends, your family, and they all agree that you're being unreasonable. Oh, my life. It's okay. I'm taking this vacation with or without you. Now, that's me. I say, fuck you. I'm still going on my little vacation, Mm -hmm. baby. Period. (gasps) but that's not made me narcissistic. All right, but anyways, how can you say you love me and you still be with your friends and them? You still wanna do this, you still wanna do that, you you just you just wanna go out and have fun, yeah, instead of being stuck under my ass. Yeah, I know. But I actually have a social life, y'all, and I'm balancing more by myself. Good ass to me. Good as to me. <clears throat> Oh, here's the, you've ruined my life. And now you're trying to stop me from spending money to take care of myself. See, and that's what they would do. They would keep the money. Let me read this one again. You've ruined my life. And now you're trying to stop me from spending money to take care of myself. Like, okay, I made this fucking budget. Why the fuck are we making a budget if we're not sticking by it? So now we're taking from this to this. That means that I'm not even going to get the little, really, necessities that I need, you know. But I trusted him to hold it down. Well, I held it down. You know, it was a plan. But, yeah, now now when things go wrong, oh, it's your fault. You ruined our bitch. You ruined your life. You ruined my life. Hell, I was the young one. You're the narcissist. Anyways. It's okay, because my life, I got it back. Uh, <laughs> Number seven, it was your fault that I was late for work. Yep, <clears throat> you was late to my PTK, um, little vote me in thing. And um, blame me, you didn't pray hard enough. You didn't go into your, your prayer cross. What the fuck, I got to go. You should pray that you get where you got to go, is yes, spiritual narcissist. Uh, if you wouldn't cook this unhealthy way, I wouldn't be this overweight. Now, y'all, this is, this is all my life. This is definitely HexSpirit.com, by the way. Um, we are, it's your fault that we gaining weight. What, well, bitch? Man, oh, we going to start eating. Man, I eat good. I don't care. You eat how you want to eat. You don't want to snore, not me. I'm going to eat good. Hell, I work hard. I eat good. Yeah. But not enough to put me underwater. Anyways, um... If I if I would have gotten ahead in my career, I'd be done more. I would be, what did it say? If I would have gotten ahead in my career if you had more at home, if you'd done more at home. I fucked that one up, y'all. And I ain't even going to edit it. We're going to keep it going. If you don't take care of me, I'll wind up in the hospital or on the street or unable to work. Grown-ass man, you need to get a fucking job. Okay. <clears throat> I hope I've entertained y'all this episode. Um, You'll never see your kids again. That was a lie. Mm. I'll make you suffer. That was a lie. You'll destroy this family. No, your mouth did. That was a lie. You're not my child anymore. I'm the child of a king. Now, it don't even matter, mama. That was a lie. You'll be sorry. Yes, now. Okay. All that. But they look like they the ones that are sorry, really. But uh, I'm going to move on with my life. I got to move on. Oh, and I'm cutting you out my will. I'll get sick. I can't make it without you. If you will not have sex with me, I'll get it from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I know he was doing that. Um, if you can't buy me a new phone, you're worthless sister, mom, dad, brother, lover, y'all... This is emotional blackmail, and it's fucking abuse, okay? I've beat it to the bat. and I am so happy that y'all are with me. I did not mean to make this podcast this long, so here we go, y'all. After this uh, sponsorship, I'm going to hit y'all with the Surviving Love with Nurse 2K. <laughs> <laughs> surviving <laughs> <laughs> Love <laughs> with <laughs> Nurse 2K. <laughs> <keys. laughs> you gotta be your bed, for me to call you daddy, if you want to fuck with me, dudes be really spooky, they wanna be your boogie, survive in love with two keys, they rubbing all your boobies, They ain't they don't have memory, then they have nothing for me, cause I'm the baddest bitch and I know I got to get it. Now, y'all know I like to alternate between my dear Kiki and surviving love, y'all. But I just have to talk about something not so, you know, heavy like last, you know, episode. But, like, let's talk about men that enjoy wearing women's clothing. Yes, y'all. Yes. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I ain't done it all. But... It's a real thing. So I was dating this guy, Made him off the dating app, you know. He was very nice. Um, very uh attentive. Uh, he has very great intellect, smart you know I'm a psychio ho. ho. Sapio means we like intelligent people, intelligent conversations. I'm a Sapio hoe. Okay. So, like, um, he's just like very caring. And so, like, we went on a date or whatever, like, met him at his crib. And, like, when I came through the door, like, nigga was cooking. I'm like, oh, shit. Now, wait a minute. Okay. I'm like, is he trying to be cheap? Because, you know, we're going on a date? Or is he just cooking because he's hungry? Anyways, no, he was cooking because he was cooking, and the food came handy after the date, uh, too. Um, But, like, he was so nice, and he was like, you know, I want to give you something. And I'm like, what? And he pulled out this gift that was sitting there right in my face. I didn't even notice. It was like. You know, this is for you finishing your classes and graduating. Well, not graduating, but, like, I guess graduating to the next um, semester. And he was just like, congratulations on the podcast and, like, everything you got going on, you know. And he gave me, like, this little tea light and showed me how to use it because his house smelled good. And we had been talking about tea light. So it's crazy because he was listening So we were talking about on the phone. I know it was just it was so wonderful. Um, but... Honestly, I can't remember if it was before or after the date. But he expressed to me that he likes to wear women's clothing. And it's been a thing for him since he was like well, first he said panties. And I'm like, Oh, panties. He's like, Yeah, I've been like like women's panties like six or seven. So I was like, Oh, so you like the smell of pussy? He liked the way, you know, a coochie smell. He was like, yeah. But, like, he eventually, he said he likes to actually um, wear panties. You know, if it's a a day where he's at home alone and he ain't got shit to do, he might wear a bra with it, with some fucking boobs. And so, like... (sighs) It's, it's definitely cool. Not judging him at all. Like you know, disclaimer: uh, the stories are real, but the names have been changed to protect the not so innocent. You know, we ain't, we ain't gonna give him no name yet. I guess I'll title it. I'll put it in the in the description below. But um, yeah, he said that that's what he likes to do, and um, he's like he's never been in a relationship where it's mattered. Like, no he's never had anybody not fuck with him because he wears women's clothing. Um, and he's had some women buy him some too. So I'm like, shit, while I'm up in uh, Victoria's Secrets, I'm gonna buy me some panties. I'm gonna send him a screenshot. Which panties you like? Which ones you want? Boo-boo. I, I guess, I guess that's how it works. Uh, but no, no judgment. No judgment at all. Um, but, You know, when I brought it to a friend, she's like, girl, and he probably wear heels, girl, uh, better than you do. And, you know, I used to dance. I don't really wear heels anymore. So he probably could outwalk me in some heels. She was like, girl, he going to turn around and be your motherfucking best friend. So shout out to you, Bessie. Now you know where we stand. You're my best friend forever. But he's a really fun, a nice guy, you know. he said this is what he likes, but he said when it comes down to fucking, because I asked, like, so do you like to where you fuck? He's like, um, no, I like to be the man when it's time. He said I'm not trying to compete with the woman. I'm okay, and I asked him, you know, I was like, so I want to talk about this on my next podcast. I actually, like, it's like, would you be offended? He said, hell no. He said that's my motherfucking business. Shit, I don't care. He said, I'm just gonna post my name, my social, and all that. I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. But I mean, and he's still my friend. You know, no judgment. But it's just like, y'all tell me what y'all think. Like, I think it's a thing, but he's like, there's a lot of men that actually like to wear lingerie that aren't like gay. And I was like, it's like this sometimes, it's just a thing. I'm just like, okay. So y'all comment and let me know what y'all think, y'all thoughts. Please send a bitch a comment. I'm about damn near in the damn 10th episode. Bitch, still, I got no comments. Thank you for not disliking though. And thank you for following. So, um, y'all, we're living in a different time. Living in a different age, you know, it's just like it's a different date now. And I really appreciate the experiences that I've had, even though I've, they haven't always been the best. I've learned something from them. And so, like, I just really appreciate people being vulnerable with me and opening up to me. You know, like, that means a lot to me. They, you know, he did that because it takes a strong man. But he's like, hell, you're going to be there, you're going to be there. If you're not, fuck you. So we're going to leave that at that note. So let's, let's, let's wrap it up, recap. So between the episode and last, we hit on eight types of narcissistic abuse, which are manipulation, verbal abuse, withholding, slander. Then we hit on neglect, isolation, physical abuse, and emotional blackmail. Throughout your life, life may have been all these types and never been considered abuse. A lot of times it may have been considered punishment. I and mean, it's just the way things were, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, narcissists, they have good days. They got good days, too. That's what keeps you really. in this like rat hole race, you know, especially when you're trying to especially when they're trying to make up for their their bad behavior. Oh, I'll take you on trips. I'll buy you this. I'll buy you that. I'll take you to football games. I'll, you know, what I'm saying it's just doing the most. But it's like you're selling your soul for that, baby. I don't want it. I don't want it. So, you know, we're talking about what love ain't. Let's talk about what love is, y'all. I'm going to end this with 1 Corinthians verses 4 through 7, which reads what what true love is, which reads, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Y'all, I love y'all. Thank you so much for... Just being my friends and family and cousins and everything, my bitches. Hey, y'all. Next episode, we're going to start on the 11 signs that you are a victim of narcissistic abuse. Then we're going to focus on healing. Y'all, I'm going to wrap it up. But you're going to want to hear this 11 signs that you're a victim. These are the signs that you, you know, if you've ever been a people pleaser if you ever have felt like you have to walk on eggshells this is one of those episodes so y'all tune in please comment like share download wherever you are i love y'all until then